Welcome to the Mad Men Happy Hour, the officially unofficial podcast for Mad Men on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Oh my god, Lane is dead. My favorite character is gone. <laughs> I'm so angry. I wish Vegas had let me... I wish Vegas had odds on this, because I think I would have won big. You wouldn't have won big, because everybody would have bet on this. Really? Yeah, the odds would have been like That's true. 12 to 1 4. That's true. And at the beginning of the season, I don't know that I would have had him on the board. So Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody put their chips on either it's symbolic death or mm-hmm. lane last week. Yeah, last week. But before that, so it the was public all... money would have poured in and skewed the odds. <laughs> it would have, yeah. All you the wise made, guys like, were already cashed out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before that, it was it was Roger or Pete. Everybody was all about them. Yeah, oh, but I, I feel like I was ahead of the curve. Like five weeks ago, I'm like, there's no way they're killing any of the big five. The power five yeah, is you safe. Did. You did. So that left. I forget who all I said. I, I think I threw out Ken, uh-huh. Paul, or not Paul, uh, Harry, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Lane. Yeah, don't really matter. Yeah. Sure. Uh, all right. Well. Betty. Uh, Betty. Yeah, Betty can go anytime now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. totally okay with that. Although, rare moment of uh, caring motherhood from Betty this Yeah, we'll talk, about, we'll talk that. about it. We'll talk about that. Uh, so let's get right into the recap. All right. Uh, starts out with Don getting his haircut when some dude named Jed Covington, who I don't remember if we've seen him before or not. Don't care. I don't I don't think so. He, did he say he was from Dancers? Is he, is he from like a strip club? Is that no, what I he's, God damn it. You shouldn't, if you didn't know, you shouldn't have brought it up because now people are going to yell at no, us. No, no, I couldn't understand what he said. He said, I'm Jake Covington and then. On dances. Uh, what, what is it? I just, I didn't, I actually just made up something because I have no right. recollection. Okay. Well, he's from one of the other firms that was in the running for Jaguar. Oh, sure. Um, he comes in and congratulates uh, Don for picking up Jaguar contract. And he also congratulates him on how much they liked Pete. Uh, this was this was passive aggressive douchey compliment, right? Uh, certainly. Okay, because yeah. I, I got the clear the, the feeling he was punking Don. Yeah, yeah. Being super condescending. Yeah, that's a nice win for your little advertising. Shop. Yeah. I, I, anytime you say, "Yeah, that's good for your tiny little operation over there." Yeah. 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 It's like if Adam Carolla comes on our podcast and says, "Oh yeah, I love your guys' little show right, here. Right. It's great. It's good that you find money in that banana stand. You keep working that. <laughs> exactly." Uh, so, yeah, quick scene there. Then we go to uh, Lane having breakfast, lunch, dinner, breakfast. All three. Yeah. No, it was Loaded breakfast because they talk about English muffins, and, and that's what they're ordering. If the um, rope didn't get in, the cholesterol would have. <laughs> and he's offered a chair with the four A's. I don't know what the four A's are. Oh, God damn. I, know I actually about wrote this down. A, but I don't know about the fourth one. It's uh, like a American advertising, blah, 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 blah. One of our... Oh, it's an acronym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four A's. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Are you on acid again? There's a, re- a listener <laughs> yeah, accused you of that. being on acid the last podcast. That's awesome. We'll get to that. Do you know what it stands for? No. no? I, I, You're I've, looking it up? I'll have it. I've, okay. I've One of the uh, listeners uh, threw it our way. But he, uh, let's say, begrudgingly accepts it or hesitantly accepts it? No. Uh, he doesn't. I, I think he did the like kind of false modesty thing. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to just go, yeah, I'm all over that. Right. Uh, a very very British way to accept, I guess. Sure. 
then we go over to the office where the partners are discussing American Association of Advertising Agencies. Okay, Boom. great. Uh, seems like a fitting position for him then. Except uh, for it's he's not really American. Everything, well, everything about him is a lie. <laughs> no, that's dumb. That's why he committed suicide. He knew they'd oh, find out he wasn't American. <laughs> as soon as he opens his fucking mouth, they're going to know that. <laughs> no, they thought he was from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, those guys have weird accents. You uh, betcha. <laughs> all right, so we go to the office. The partners are discussing the Jaguar fee structure, and uh, Peter brings up the Dunlop tires call that he got. Mm-hmm. Do, unsolicited calls do we does this fee structure versus commission have anything to do with but a nod to the title because i don't know what the hell uh we have a senior no. accounting correspondent maybe she can enlighten this for us but i i don't i, I felt like one of it was going to be more it's like don said the client it's the client's idea it's got to be a bad one yeah, right yeah, yeah. it's got to fuck us because uh-huh. that's true right sure i felt like it's one of those okie dokes where well, you could take this pile of money up front, mm. but yeah. uh, you could take a much larger pile a year from now. That'll probably never happen. Well, it was kind of the opposite here. They were saying, we just want to pay you for the work, not commission. Uh, they, they were going to... Well, see, I think they get paid traditionally. Like, they don't get paid for the work proper. Well, they say... They it, get paid... In this meeting. They say that they get 15% traditionally on... Uh, commission on sales, but it's not sales of Jaguar. You got no, no, that no. right. Sales of their average, like you know, uh, magazine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Jaguar wanted to give them a flat rate for their work plus like one or two negotiated percentage right. points. Right. Which so. guaranteed money is always better than performance based, but not according to Don. Don doesn't like it. That's what I'm and saying. Don- no, I'm saying the guaranteed money up front is always better. You don't want performance options. No, that's we're talking about. <laughs> One of us is on LSD right now. Commission percentage is what the firm wanted, but that's upfront money because can, they're making. How can that be upfront? Because they're saying book all these. They they book like six months. They will take six months worth of money and book all like the magazines mm. and the newspapers and radio and TV spots. They get fifteen percent of all the money of they pay. Of what Jaguar out. gives them to spend. Uh, exactly. Gotcha. Whereas Jaguar is like, I was, we just want to pay you time and materials for the ad itself. And then, yeah, yeah. so that's 100%. what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, Accounting 101. So speaking of Don, what the hell? Don in this meeting, uh, first off, he takes a, a dig at the partners. He's like, As well or, he should, should. I leave, should I leave the room and let you guys just decide whatever you want? Mm-hmm. I, I don't get this. This move from Don is weird because Don is acting like he's the only guy that fucking matters. Like, what he says goes. I think he's acting like the only guy with integrity. And he pays for it a little bit later. We'll talk about that. No, he's acting like... Okay, what right does he have to say, I'm out, so you guys shouldn't have done this? He's he's one-fourth of the company at that point. The thing is... Not anymore, but... I don't know if this is still true, Mm. but as little as three years ago, he was the company. Like... The company would have Fine. folded and been defunct if Don Draper walked. And he okay. didn't have a contract, and he threatened to do that all the time. But now, I don't he know is that a that... one-quarter, well, roughly, excluding the brand-new partner, Joan. Well, first of all, Bert doesn't do shit. But he has Roger 25% doesn't do say. Shit. He has 25% say. But if he left, not the company would not notice he was gone. Same with Roger. Sure. The only sure. two people that do anything, well, besides Joan... 
is Pete and Don, mm-hmm. and of those two, who's more dispensable? So yeah, he's they're all e- quote unquote equal say voting yeah. rights, but you know it's like Animal Farm like all over again. Some of them animals are more equal than others. I get you, but. He just is demanding in a way that I don't think is warranted at this point. Even if he does have the high ground, morally, fine, whatever. Uh, I just think that's a little naive on Don's part. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, what did you think about Pete's, like, any birthdays and Joan be- laughing, like, forced laughter? I don't know. I felt like that I didn't was... Think about it. Really? I kind of yeah. felt like that was illustrative of the fact that she got her seat at the table, but she's still playing the old game. Like that's something you would yeah. do in a secretary pool when one of the executives cracked a stupid joke. Hmm. At a partner level, the correct thing to do is to shoot a withering glare at Pete. <laughs> yeah. And tell him to knock it the fuck Get off. Get real. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so we go over to the Draper, the other Draper household. I guess this is the, uh, what is Henry's last name? Kissinger. <laughs> No, no. Why are you asking questions? Henry and Betty, what are their last names right now? I don't remember. Higginbottom. (laughs) Yes. We go over to the Higginbottom house, and uh, Betty's arguing with Sally about their ski trip, and uh, uh, Sally says she doesn't want to go, so Betty calls up Don and tells him that Sally's coming to stay with him for the weekend. Uh, Not too much in that scene. I mean, I, I like, of course, Betty and Sally arguing as usual. And Sally doing her Napoleon Dynamite impersonation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and ripping her mother a new one. The, she lets me eat whatever I want. Oh, right. Wow. No, they're both. This is a genetically engineered, bread in the lab, vicious animal. Yeah, yeah. That has been gone through electroshock torture every day <laughs> of her life. To kill. Yes, it has. It's, it really has. Uh, and unfortunately, Megan bears the brunt of that a lot, too. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so then Cooper finds a check that Lane wrote and blames Don for it. He goes in and uh, shows it to him, confronts him, and he says he'll take care of it and calls Lane into his office and demands that he resign by Monday. Really powerful scene with Lane here. I mean, if you're going to go out, that's a way to go out with an awesome scene. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, this goes back to what i said earlier about him kind of thinking he's the entire company uh cooper is not happy with him lately with don well uh, yeah what's he calling you said you can't keep being the uh the good little boy or whatever while the adults are in the business which i yeah. thought was big talk from a man who wears bow ties <laughs> that's true i mean you know put on yeah. some shoes get on a tie but this is the second time that he's scolded him this time he thinks he's writing checks out of the company account well, people. there again, Don in the previous scene is rubbing his partners. I thought mm-hmm. you thought it was him throwing his weight around. I thought it was him being a self-righteous dick. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to say self-righteous dick because justifiably righteous dick. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was Bert bringing him up short. Like you can't afford to be this naive any longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, he thought that he cut. Lane's I'm got a sweetheart deal behind mm-hmm. everybody's backs, and that's that's believable. And that's, I, that's that's classic Don. Like you totally buy that. <laughs> sure. I just wonder when the other partners are going to get fed up with his behavior. I don't know, but I do love the way Don the, the, the Don way played it. it. Yeah, that's so cool. And that's I always that's I, I always try to do that as business stuff. Anytime someone. And he sometimes brings me into some shit that's some skullduggery. It's like I don't be like I don't say anything. I don't incriminate myself. I'll just be like, hey, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. it. I'll take care yep. of it. Yep. 
Anything else so you does. look anything else you look weak or an informer. So there's Aaron's yeah. business tip. Just, there you just go. do the, the draper. Do the, give it the full draper. Uh I'm on it. So he sits down with Lane, obviously, and tells him to resign. Uh Lane Lane is first indignant. Like he's I've done so much for this company. He went through the five stages of grief <laughs> really in did. thirty seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was fun to see that. It's defiant, denial. Begging, uh huh, mm-hmm. think weeping was done at one point, wasn't it? Oh, certainly, yeah. There at the end, uh, I, I would think that Don would be a little more understanding about stealing someone's identity. That's know? the thing, isn't Don like, a massive hypocrite? I think so, because every time he signs Don Draper, he's forging <laughs> a goddamn signature. That's true. That's true. He Lane didn't even forge his signature. Lane forged <laughs> someone some else's dead signature. Guys. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I just don't. Does So does Don realize the irony of the situation or? It didn't feel like they played it at all as ironic for Don. I, do you feel like it hit him by the end of the episode? No, I, I didn't pick up. So on that, that he, he feels responsible and that he's the guy to lower the hammer on. Uh-huh. But he's he feels justified in it you think i think so i i think it hasn't crossed his mind that hey i'm doing the roughly the same thing he did there yeah uh, do you think the difference is that like i in in don's eyes don lying about how an account is going but but because this is this is lane's job mm-hmm. he's an accountant you know he he keeps the money safe yeah certainly he can't that trust was a bigger betray- yeah it's a trust where that's true Don, uh, once you swallow the big lie, he's internally consistent and in that he keeps his word. And unless unless you're his ex, you know, unless unless you're well, we're trying to justify the yeah, actions I, of a guy who's pretty. That's what I'm saying. It's I rough feel, around the edges himself. I feel like this is a funhouse mirror that you just it's yeah. just infinitely recursive bullshit ex, uh, mm-hmm. justifications. So For sure. That I felt very strongly as soon as he's like, "How dare you forge my signature that I'm forging?" <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, all right, let's move on. Lane hits on Joan after taking a, a couple glasses of whiskey, a good old Canadian club. Uh, goes into her office and makes a comment about her in a bikini, bouncing up and down on the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after she totally rejects him, as she should have based on previous behavior, uh, he goes back to his office and just kind of hangs out. I, yeah, I noticed that as, as he walked in his yeah. door, I was like, "Oh shit, he's a Mets fan too." Oh god, this <laughs> this guy truly is pathetic. Oh, that Mets thing has been up there for <laughs> I ages. Know. I just I just oh. noticed it in the, con- the second time watching the oh, gotcha. context of his dead man walking routine. Uh, yeah. Can I ask you a question? At the risk of sounding sexist, I'm accused of misogyny later on in in, in the feedback, so I'm just gonna Bring I'm gonna double it. down. What was Joan? Joan was being a little flirty, right? Like anytime yeah. a woman in her position says, "Can you imagine me at the beach bouncing a baby on my knee and like being like, what was he supposed to imagine? Her well, with some cabana boy rubbing her feet? I mean, no, what, no, no. what does what, that imply? What she says, what she says is, can you imagine me stuck in a hotel room with my mother and my daughter? But she, she doesn't say anything about the beach. She just mentions that she's going to Hawaii. 
Right, but I thought... Or, or whatever the other place was. Bermuda. I guess I took that as, can you imagine someone like me on this, you know, vacation mm. to some tropic paradise? And just sitting in a hotel room instead of being yeah. on the beach, bouncing up and down in a bikini. No, I think... So my question was, did Elaine just take it too far? Or, like, was she expecting something like... Yeah. You know, you deserve far better. You need to. You know, I, I don't know what she was looking for, but obviously, clearly, Lane's was being inappropriate. Yeah, he went too far, and it didn't help that he had a drink in his hand. <laughs> yeah, she immediately, as soon as she as he says that, she looks at his drink. It's uh-huh. like, yep, take your party elsewhere. Yeah, and he's like, awesome. bon voyage. Yeah. Now, yeah, literal bon voyage. He's gone. I had a lot of talks with people on the Facebook side about at what point did Lane decide to commit suicide. And I don't think he was suicidal in this scene. No. I think he was suicidal as soon as he saw the Jaguar. Uh, <laughs> almost universally, everyone decided that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's my Jaguar, thing, man. too. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. All because, right. man, that's a good scene. Uh, so I-, I did think there was a really cool shot here. Um, and it- there were a couple of really cool shots in this episode. Uh, the first one was the shot of Lane drinking his whiskey against the, the shot of the falling snow mm-hmm. in the back oh. through the windows. God, beautiful I, shot. I love the winter, and I like the summer too because I'm a big, big water fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never—I I said this on Facebook—I've never missed high def AMC more than I did for this episode uh-huh. because I imagine that scene would have looked awesome in 1080i. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas yeah. on our shitty standard def, it's like these—you could, you could, you could tell it's snowing. Uh-huh. But it's just like a bunch of blobs outside, and yeah, I was really pissed. It really it was still, pissed me off. Still, it was uh, framed very well. Between the skiing it. and the snow, I was like super nostalgic for winter. Yeah. Uh, so Don gets a pep talk from Roger in his office. Uh, says that he misses the guy that Don was, the, the fired up, intense dude. Uh, Don kind of gets a little bit of that back. He wants to go after Ed Baxter. Mm-hmm. That's what they decide. So they call him up. Um, or they don't call him up there. Roger calls him up later and gets mm-hmm. a meeting. Uh, but they were going to call up, who were they going to call up? Firestone? Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I guess that call fell through. <laughs> he tells the secretary to get him on the line and then mm-hmm. nothing happens. But so. Dow is the one they're really going after. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's 20 million. He's like, that's roughly the size of Lucky Strike. What? Yeah. Y- you know, why? What's changed in Dawn? Did... Did firing Lane charge him up? I mean, um, just like like Roger said two episodes ago, you were saying this is you know, follow me. You you like all Moses, follow me. I'm leading to the promised land. We got it. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying it's piddly shit. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he's fired up all of a sudden. Maybe our listeners can clue us in. I know previously, like firing people is hard to do. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in management. Does it give you a rush? It's always the worst part, and you sit, you're sick about it. But mm-hmm. afterwards, yeah. I mean, maybe this you is get just lightheaded a- like Lane. Maybe this is just Aaron and my Prince of Darkness routine. But after every time <laughs> I fucking fire someone, I've got this mm-hmm. like, <laughs> you know, so the you can control fate. And the yeah. fate of the person. It's pretty rough. I don't know that I like what that says about me. Mm. But I at least say my hat that the lead up to it is always gut wrenching and agonizing. Yep. But usually it's it's you feel right. I guess you feel right about the decision. I don't know. Again, I feel like Don is pretty justified. Your your accountant fucking fudges the books. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's like an IT guy that can't keep good backups. Like, that's your number one job. Uh-huh. Like, all else fails, you got to keep the book straight and keep it with factual information. Yeah, you start that's forging really the only shit, thing you that's do. That's it. That's, that's crossing a Rubicon. Yeah, when Lane tried to play his hand like he had a ton of stuff going on within the company, it didn't work to me. Like, the only thing he pulls out is Jaguar, and he didn't even land that. Well, he was instrumental. What what he's referring to is his the initial first role time the around. Company. Yes, I understand it's, that, but you sound ultimately, just like Pete, ultimately man. that failed. That's not cool. What you sound just like Pete, man? That's not cool. <laughs> I'm gonna get punched. Nah, the guy's dead. Yeah, he can't come after me now. His punching days are over, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, Sally arrives at Don's place, and Megan is surprised to see her. Just uh, <laughs> a quick little thing there. She's kind of uh, she gets mad at Don, but we'll see that. But later. I also like that. You know, Megan is an adult, man. She does, unlike Don, mm-hmm. who will fucking get down in the mud with Sally and talk about her mother yeah. and, you know, do all that crap. Megan always takes the high road. Mm-hmm. She's like, you yeah. know, your mom is not like that. You know, that's not true. She just doesn't take the bait. I think that's, you know, Megan just seems like she's a lot, of, she's pretty saintly a lot of times. Yeah, but I mean, maybe that's what the kid needs to hear, but it's certainly not the truth. Her mother is like that. Her mother is like that <laughs> well, in every that. way imaginable. <laughs> there's that, but it's not yeah. Megan's place to say. That's true. And it's certainly not healthy to foster that kind of relationship with your step stepchild. Fair enough. Uh, Roger meets with Ken in a brilliant scene. I love this scene. Uh, to tell him that they're going after Dow, who yeah. obviously his father Claws come out on Ken. Oh, man. I, I was cheering by the end of this scene when he just... Now, totally hates on Pete. I want to know where do you think? Because I I'm surprised I've not seen a single fucking review or recap mention where I think the genesis of this came from. Where do you think this came from? Why is he doing this with Pete? Oh, it came from the the meeting that they had with uh, Jaguar guy, where he he so suggested you, that he wanted Joan and Pete went along with it. Ken was not willing to do that. Ken is not the type of guy who would set something like that up. See, but I think this goes deeper to when Pete recruited him for the new firm. Mm-hmm. And remember that? They met, and uh, Ken, Ken said something to effect. It's like, well, it's just going to be just like old times. And Pete's like, no, uh, I'm your boss. Yeah, yeah. I'm the guy, your second banana. Like, hmm. sure. Put, really put his, put his foot, put, took all of his energy into putting his foot down on the Kent's neck. <laughs> yeah, he did. And Kent, like, takes a lot of energy. Kind of. You know, had this like gut check swallow and like, okay, boss. I think, I think though, because in the previous firm, their roles were flipped. Yeah. I think that Kent, Ken was holding just a little bit of grudge from that still. Maybe so. Obviously, the Jaguar thing is the fresh disgustingness, but this is finally Kent's way without being a weasel. I mean, he's been the dutiful soldier, he's followed orders, Mm -hmm. not made any waves. But now's the way, in as clean and a kin way as possible, that he can, you know, get back on top. And a great move here. I mean, Ken is pretty savvy when it comes. If to he's going to be the, the count man for the new Lucky Strike, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty big. big. Mm-hmm. That instantly, like you said, Pete, like Don says, you know, Pete thinks small. So. Yeah, yeah. Ken's thinking big. Uh, on the way home, Don sees Roger, who tells him that he has a meeting with Ed Baxter on Monday. He's only got 48 hours to prepare. Don doesn't really take him take the meeting seriously. He thinks this is a joke because of the short time frame. Uh, but he's going to prepare regardless. When he gets home, Sally's there, 
And Megan's upset that Don didn't tell her Sally was staying with him, but she uh, drops that when she finds out what happened with Lane. Or rightfully so. I yeah, mean, yeah. if you're going to have an excuse, that's a pretty damn good excuse to be forgetful. You had to fire a partner. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty Because he's stealing. <laughs> that's a well, big shit. Oh, yeah. He did tell her that, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. And said he, she couldn't tell anyone else. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She was pretty upset, and that changed her mind. Uh, Lane comes home to his wife, who insists that he take her to dinner. Uh, he's in no shape to go to dinner. No, he's My not. My God. Uh, when they get to the parking garage, she surprises him with a brand new Jaguar. Which she bought with a check. So I have oh my, my notes. God. I put on my notes: racing green equals match matches Lane's complexion. <laughs> yeah, it does. Which became super funny at the end of the episode when he's vomiting. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now I need a purple interior. How about that? <laughs> wow. Purple with a black interior. The Joker mobile. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, man. This just really twisted the knife. I Lane. felt like this is when he really felt the trap stool yeah. door spring shut on him. Yeah. Like, I can't... There's no way to come clean. Mm-hmm. There's no way. I've dug way too deep a hole. Yeah. I mean, his wife is so happy to give him this car, and she thinks things are going great. And then the fact that she wrote a check, a check that just got him fired, a check. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, it's brutal. Right. I, I couldn't now- help but smile at how perfect this scene was, though. Right. Because the, the the writing here and the the events that led up to this scene were just so perfectly orchestrated that despite the the, the horrible circumstances for this character, I was smiling. Mm-hmm. I was enjoying watching it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of things where awful things were happening, but there was a lot of black humor in this episode, I thought. Yeah, just the way they, they move the pieces into place. Mm-hmm. I, I love this show mm-hmm. for that. Uh, did you have something else to say about that scene? I don't or think so. Move on? Okay. Uh, Megan takes Sally out on the town while Don stays home to prepare for the meeting. Uh, this is kind of just the scene where they leave. They're not actually having lunch yet. Uh, question. Yeah. When Megan goes out the door, mm-hmm. she shoots Don a death look. Well, she looks daggers, like cartoon daggers at him. Yeah. Uh is this, I'm always looking for bellwethers of their relationship. I don't have to drape yeah. or walk anymore. So what do you think this is saying about that? I don't know. I mean, they certainly had more uh, volatile uh, interactions before. It's no body slam to the exactly. living room floor, sure. Yeah, so, and I feel like that was kind of pushed to the back for Lane this episode. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they did much. They just hinted that things are not as rosy as they could be i don't know i mean the fact that you're no longer body slamming you're reduced to withering glances to me that's mm. like same level of anger and resentment except for the passion is leaving yeah yeah that just can't be good turn it into a, a betty type relationship yeah i just wonder if they're if wiener is giving us the blueprint for betty i don't know man I because I- <laughs> at one point betty was this fun act, yeah you know not actors but model jet mm-hmm. setter uh, you know, yeah. I don't. I just. I just wonder. We like Megan, don't we? Uh, I still like Megan. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I so like what Megan if? What if three seasons from now she turns into season three Betty? What if we come back and next season she's just gone? <laughs> As we predicted, <laughs> she, the she's gained a hundred pounds. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but Betty lets me eat whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. Okay. 
Uh, let's move on. What's happening? Lane furiously works on his errands over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, tying up loose ends before he murders himself. Tying up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no pun intended. Uh, there's interesting... Before he murders himself. God, you're so <laughs> hilarious tonight. There, there's... There'll be plenty of time, dear. Yeah, well, it's interesting to see these guys both on their couches, pouring over their work back to back like that. Yes. One. I was just thinking, what? well, this is a commissions and fees to me. Don is working on commissions. Lane is working on the fees. Like, he's... Don is creating new business uh, <laughs> opportunities. Lane is tying up loose ends on his, his taxes. At least I assume that's what he's doing. Oh, see, so, I, I figured... I thought he was just getting everything in order. Oh, like a will and all that stuff? Or just... just yeah, I was making sure... Yeah. Because the other thing that be. I haven't seen very many people talk about is the fact that... Pete said that they have an insurance policy at work that covers mm-hmm. them for even suicide, suicide after, after two, like years. two years. And yeah. this is the third year of the firm being in business. Yeah. So as a founding partner, it, uh, that's one of the other impetuses for committing suicide is he's going to provide mm-hmm. his widow and his son at least with a decent standard of living. Now, Pete mentioned that that was a company-only policy, but I don't know that he's reliable because I think he was just – he was just trying to get uh, uh, into his train companion's company wa- only policy. What do you mean? Yeah, because okay, um, Howard. You know Howard and his wife, the duck Beth. No, god damn it, <laughs> the train guy. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. He. I don't know what you mean by company only. What Pete? He tried to sell him insurance, and Pete says, "Let me cut you off. My company provides XX policy that even provides mm-hmm. for suicide." And the guy's like. Yeah, well, I think if you investigate that, you'll find that that's payable to the company to insure you for their loss, not oh. your family for the loss of you. Yikes. Pete came back later in an episode and said, my God, Howard, you're right. I want to talk to you about the insurance policy. I don't know that that's reliable because Pete was tr- clearly just trying to get into Beth's pants. Yes? Uh, that is true. Okay. That is true. All right. He had pretenses for being there other than insurance i honestly think they're gonna uh, they're gonna address this in the next episode because yeah i go back to john slattery paging through that time book why, why roger was tripping on acid and they had the whole life insurance ad I, mm-hmm. that's too many mentions of life insurance for that not to pay off or us to know one way or another whether his widow is going to be cared for yeah yeah it's certainly uh, they only have one episode to address it because i feel like we're going to jump again in time you think so uh, to next season yeah. we didn't jump that Far ahead, this jump like nine months. I, they certainly what didn't we like a year? No, nine you're talking. I'm talking year? about from last episode to this one. Oh, oh, no, no, no. We, I mean, I, this I is mean the first season. episode. I have no fucking clue where we're at in the extreme time. It's still snowing. It's not Christmas yet. It's not. No, it's past Christmas. Or, it yeah, it? it is because Joan's planning for Easter already. Yeah, so it must be like January, February. Well, Easter's in first of april yeah so it could be anywhere from february to march but it's yeah. the first one that didn't have a clear like hey idiot this is what time it is i yeah. guess you could look and see the movies that she listed uh-huh. to see when they came out to do the old gym trick that's but, true you could yeah we didn't do that no we didn't <laughs> uh i didn't even pick up that they were movie titles because i hadn't heard of any of them fistful of dollars I- you never Did heard of say fist- that one? Yes. I didn't Again, you tripping. You need I to was. lay off the, the, the LSD, <laughs> the shrooms or whatever, the mescaline. Yep. Let's move on. Uh, the girls chat about what movie to see and boyfriends over lunch. Peyote. And I thought it was kind of funny to see Sally trying to be the big girl, ordering the coffee, mm-hmm. and then dosing it with like 60 milligrams <laughs> of sugar. What the hell? 
Well, that's a kid, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, she orders the grown-up drinks, but then makes it a kid's drink. But that's what kids with do. With all the sugar. I, I know. It's yeah. just... Yeah. She's she's not quite, not quite a woman yet. Uh, soon enough, Sally. Soon enough. <laughs> Before the end of the episode. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Lane tries to kill himself, but the Jaguar won't start. That's a joke they've been setting up for a long time. And they have. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, I put, my note says, Lane prepares a rather elaborate death machine out of a Jaguar. One problem, it's a Jaguar. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. He snaps his glasses. He does. What the fuck is the significance of that? Uh, well, I could pontificate, but I don't know. Is this is this a Breaking Bad reference that they had all the you know Walt's broken glasses and the eye medallion that that is a good Don Eladio wore? Uh, I think that was a sort of finality. I would say, like, oh, I snap my glasses. There's no yeah, Doctor no Tables can't even save me now. <laughs> It'd be like, how did your glasses get broken? Well, I snapped them. Why'd you snap them? <laughs> well. I don't really know how to explain that one, so I might as well kill myself. <laughs> what? No, I, I feel like that was his his gesture of that's it, this is done. Like I'm I'm doing this. Did he, uh, let me ask you this? Am I misremembering, or did he whenever whenever he was with his quote unquote chocolate bunny, did he not wear his glasses? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't didn't pick up on that. I thought that that was that he, he yeah he dressed less formal and he wasn't wearing glasses with her mm. and I was wondering if like he's one of those guys that like I don't look I, I don't like how I look in glasses or maybe I did I just thought it was gratuitous he snaps it and then yeah. what do you do for glasses the rest of the episode because he he lifted one up to his face yeah but he oh, he, he when he wrote the, the letter and he went to the office and yeah. did, did, I didn't notice a giant tape on him. No, well, when he was working on the car trying to kill himself, he had one yes, that held was up hilarious. to his face. That yeah, was yeah, awesome. Yeah. One half I'm of it. I'm sure it's super easy to fix a goddamn Jaguar with one half of glasses. <laughs> no kidding. Fucked up death and perception. Like he, he looks in the hood like he's got some clue what he's doing. No way can that man fix a car. Impossible. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll buy that. All right. Did that look like the grease monkey type? Definitely not. Uh, Sally sets up a date while her parents are out with Glenn. Good old Glenn. Uh, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Lane goes to the office in the middle of the night to type something. We don't know what it is yet. We could probably assume that it was a letter. Uh, Megan leaves Sally on her own for the day. Sure. Uh, Just leaves. These are all like really short scenes. That's why I'm not yeah, going into them. I also say that Sally is a master goddamn manipulator, even oh, of yeah. boys at this age. Because it's like that whole thing. It's like, you want to come visit? Well, it's not that easy. I got to go, you know, uh, around the Robin Hood's barn to get there. And she's like, mm-hmm. forget it. I knew you didn't want it. It's like, oh, come on. Come yeah. on. She's learning from the best, man. Yeah. Betty is a master manipulator. So is Don. Definitely. Uh, Don and Roger prep for the meeting in the waiting room at Dow. Mm-hmm. And here we get a, a little conversation between them. And Roger says that the effects of his LSD trip wore off. He's he's encouraging Don to punch him in the balls if he takes a shot at him. <laughs> I like that. I wish that was awesome. I would look, wish John Slatter wrote a book about business. Which mm-hmm. It's just like you know, water down your scotch. If they if they bait yeah. you, punch him in the balls. Yeah, always have something uh, that you can sympathize with. Can, yeah, something they can sympathize with. Uh, I actually really liked the mention that the effects of the LSD wear off because the the theme of this episode to me. Obviously, as we'll see in the the meeting here, is 
kind of the, the happiness is a fleeting thing. Um, you can never have everything you want. Um, I feel like Don's kind of settling a little bit, um, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I liked that Roger's uh, kind of zen, his, uh, I don't know, euphoria from the LSD trip has worn off now. Well, and, I don't, it's, and I don't, that plays into the theme of his happiness, his enlightenment being a fleeting thing. Yeah, I think he more. I don't think the enlightenment worn off. He just got tired of being a better guy. <laughs> okay, that's hard work. It is. It is. Like it's much easier to bang like, twenty five year old work, coat check girls. Bang twenty five year old because they're easy to impress, mm-hmm. and you know, rest on your laurels. Going after and earning and proving your worth and stuff. It all sounds good when yeah. you're, you're tripping, but then when you wake up in the light of day, it's like, Jesus, that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Roger doesn't really like work. No, he, he'd much rather be drinking and schmoozing. No, but the thing is, it's and schmoozing short. It's it's harder, but you know, long term happiness. And clearly, yeah, he's not he's not on the road to good places. He's on the road for more heart attacks and yeah, dying penniless. Yeah, he's certainly backsliding from where he was. So when do you think the when do you think he's going to propose? Propose? Yeah, to Kochet girl. You know it's happening. In his third marriage? What did he last? Like three weeks with the secretary? Yeah. And she was like 26. She's an old hag compared to this one. I give him uh, three episodes into season six. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's what I give him. Uh, But come back and just be married. Yeah, there you go. It'd be funny, married and divorced. That's the joke for next season. It'll be like, you know. He had a three-week relationship. Uh, Married twice. Three times, actually. Glenn arrives, and they go to the museum. They chat for a while, but Sally isn't feeling well. She goes to the bathroom and discovers that she's on her first period. She's a woman, mm-hmm. as Betty puts it later. Oh, shit, she's a lady now. Uh, I thought the first line of this scene was freaking hilarious. It's like, how do they get all these animals? Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> killed them. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt? This kid doesn't know anything about Teddy Roosevelt. Are I think that's me? probably true, though. <laughs> it might be. He did love to kill animals. Yeah, like Abraham Lincoln loved hunting vampires oh, and free and slaves. Yep. And Teddy Roosevelt was all about murdering bison family. Speaking of murdering, does does Glenn not murder every scene he's in? You know, can this kid not act? Here's worth a the shit? thing. Here's the thing. I actually really was digging Glenn in Get this scene. I thought it was funny. I was smiling. I liked the fact that you know the guy's bullied. Uh, you know, he's he's. The, I, I was kind of relieved that they went to so the museum, he and he didn't just go over there and like shove his. I mean, I guess I don't know what I was expecting because this is the '60s. He is only 14; she is what 12, going on 13. So. Yeah, I don't know why I was expecting this to go into like kids the fucking movie, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, thre- kids you know. was a movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? Kids the movie. Uh, I don't know. I, I was oh, why I was afraid, but I was kind of relieved that this wasn't going as dark. Yeah, yeah, as as I as I was thinking, it might go in my head, sure. and I'm like, oh yeah, Glenn's a good guy, and he's making the jokes about the bison, and man, I just I can't get past this. Kid's Sal- Sally kicked him in the balls about his ropey ass mustache. Yeah, she did. Um, I don't like it. So anyway, I what so we had some f- feedback about this. Oh yeah, I've, a lot of people lost their shit about the whole like her bloody panties. Oh, okay. Again, I was not squeamish about that. I felt bad for Sally, uh-huh. but I wasn't like, oh, God, that's inappropriate for television. No, no, no. I was actually, 
uh, more freaked out by Easy. the bloated purple lane. Okay. That was actually a more disturbing image to me. All right. He was like disgusting looking. Okay. Yeah, I again I don't I don't know. It's like I viewed it the same as her playing with us last season and the blowjob this season. It's just I thought it was uh, some of the shit that Glenn did in the previous seasons was creepier. Like the stuff with Betty and the hair. Yeah. That was far that, more disturbing to me. Yeah, but I mean I don't know why it's creepy that she got her period. No, it wouldn't I, be like creepy, I said, I, I just, feel I feel bad I felt bad in that situation. That's like yeah. the worst you know, she's on this kind of, like, first pseudo date. She's wearing the boots mm-hmm. Dad told her she couldn't wear. She's, like, you know, drinking coffee and being a lady. And then this happened. Yep. She's not feeling good. She doesn't... She clearly has no idea what the fuck to do if her only solution is take a cab to her evil mom's house. I'm surprised that wasn't Queen's just like, ca- well, that's what happens when you go out with the boys. Yeah, you don't see that in Snow White. Like, you know, she gets out of Wicked Queen's yeah. castle. She's partying with the dwarves. She looks down. All of a sudden, oh, my God, a red spot. <laughs> takes a cab from the Enchanted Forest back to the Dark Castle. Uh, and, the, and the queen's like, oh, they're there. Yeah, right. It's just natural. Don't worry. Right. You're a woman now. Put your finger on this uh, sewing machine or whatever the hell. Spinning, spinning yeah. needle. Sure. That's not even a real device. No, it's not. No one ever did that. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, whatever. Uh, so after an hour, 45 minutes, Ed calls Donna Roger in for the meeting and they, in my opinion, crushed it. His name? I thought, yeah. Uh, so it's Ed, Tom and Jack shit. <laughs> said his last name. That's a rough name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah I, don't, I don't buy that guy's happy one moment of his life. No, not with that name. Uh, what'd you think? Do you think Don performed here? Or do you think I he was too bold? Don came across as... Uh, I felt like he started off strong, but then I guess he expected Ed just to roll over and, mm-hmm. and get the whole Don, Don Draper slow clap treatment. Yeah. When that wasn't happening as quickly as he thought, I thought he went very angry, almost screed. A, a little bit. Yeah. There at the end. He smelled a little, got a little. Tell him the guy that he's not with a, a whiff of desperation from the Draper. Yeah. Although I felt like he won over. Uh, th- there was a thin, older dude with white hair. I felt like he won that guy I over pretty handily. Uh, I don't know the guy's names. Uh, he, Jack Sh- Shit Jack, was the guy that looked he, like Marty McFly's dad. Yeah, yeah with the glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he won over Jack Shit, but he won over the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, I don't know what to read about Ed there at the very end where he says thanks for coming in or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if he impressed him or if he was just being a douchebag still plus it's like some of that stuff was so small time like mm-hmm. I, I it's particularly london fog like that's what yeah. you reached for when you're talking to dow chemical i mean he had a good point overall right and he certainly <laughs> delivered his point with passion but maybe like you said a little too much passion yeah because i'd like that they start off on the offensive like you know lucky strike fuck your lucky strike you don't know the you don't know the real history yeah about that um, yeah they fought for the contract and then but then they i got fe- shit on yeah i just felt like and, and the vietnam napalm yep. uh was a fantastic answer for that audience and that crowd yeah but man i don't i kind of need to watch it again but i felt like between there and the What's happiness? The moment before you want more happiness. Great mm-hmm. line, but at that point he was in full network mode. You know, yeah. just seemed like a little crazy guy. I think. Well, let's talk a little bit about that line because I was reading, uh, what is it, Tom and Lorenzo.com, yeah. those guys. 
And their take on this episode was that it was very obvious, heavy-handed. Uh, the themes were were too in your face. And they actually thought this was the weakest episode of the season because of that. You know what? They are... I really dug them in the beginning of the season, but there's a temptation... I don't know, because people accused us of this in The Walking Dead, but there's a temptation sometimes when you're critiquing something to feel like you're too fucking clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Mad Men has ever been really subtle. Like, sound and fury level of... I, abstraction and yeah i i don't uh, it's it seems like they've ramped it up a little bit this season it, i feel like they're pissed that normal people are picking up on the team yeah, like well, yeah but you don't have to be particularly well re- read to, yeah and like, you don't have to watch the episode eight times and, it came i i read it same review it came across yeah. a little hipster to me a little bit uh but i do agree slightly with their point that they are a little bit more in your face with it this season. Well, the death but, theme, certainly. Yeah, certainly. I don't know if that's because this is a this is a show that is maturing at that pace. If this is the swing into the 60s sort of feel that they're looking for. I'm not sure why, but I don't think it detracts from the show. No, like, the I only have enjoyed thing, it just as much this season. The only thing I thought was slightly detracting was Matt Wien- Weiner. <laughs> His kid giving yeah, his kid the and his kid just his just butchered it. I mean, I like I said, I thought Glenn <laughs> he did shits pretty on good. The screen every time he's on it. I thought he did actually pretty good up till this time, and he's getting much better. Uh, but when he delivered that line about why why does everything turn out to be crap? Yeah, crappy. crappy. Such an obvious like here's the theme underlying it, and yes. giving it to such a weak actor. Yeah, and I was really like pissed. And then the next scene was so awesome that I instantly forgave it. And I felt like... The driving scene? Yeah. Even yeah, so even Weiner's like, boy, if I if the boss gives his kid the best line and the theme line and this huge scene of... Di- I, I better... That's a that's a big swig of medicine. I better give a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. yeah. And just letting... You know, no dialogue. Just mm-hmm. letting that play. That was a good antidote for that. Yeah. And we'll get to that, obviously, at the end. What do you think uh, Roger thought of the pitch? Oh, wow. I don't know, because they don't mention it after so, that at all. He said, "What you got blood on your mouth. Uh-huh. What, I've read many different explanations for what that meant. Like, that that's like, mm. that, that Don was a vicious animal. Yeah. That he was like a vampire. That he actually like a, got punched in the in mouth himself. Got, he got beat up in, by the room. Oh. Hmm. Um, I don't... I, I, nothing felt really, I mean, I guess the mad dog yeah. line, but who would say, I would say you need to wipe that foam off your mouth. Mm-hmm. Blood on your mouth felt like a weird choice for the line. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what he meant by that. Exactly. I'd like to hear listener takes on that. Okay. Uh, Megan comes home and there's a bag on the table and Sally's gone. So she kind of freaks out. Uh, Sally shows up at her mom's house and tells her what happened. And Betty's cough, uh, caught off guard by her daughter's need for a mother. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, you know, Sally goes in for a hug. Betty's like, what is this? Yeah, does this, not compute. I've never seen this before. And she's like, oh, oh, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Uh-huh. This is awkward. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it, it but, was. But very... it turns into a sort of genuine yeah. connection between them. A little and, bit. And I liked that a lot. I thought A little that, bit. Despite how horrible of a person Betty normally is, when her daughter comes to her and says, I need you, 
to to explain things to me to to have someone there to comfort me she is capable of that mm-hmm. in the end you know she's not a total monster yeah I mean, damning her with faint praise for having a modicum of motherly instinct. Sure. I also think some of the things she said to her in the next scene rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I don't feel like I'm qualified to say that, say, talk much about it, because I don't have a vagina myself. But okay, um, maybe we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Uh, Lane's secretary drops off the company records with Joan. Uh, we... That's a quick scene there. Uh, Glenn shows up at Don and Megan's place to get his bag. Megan questions him when she gets a call from Betty, who explains that Sally's home and what happened. Uh, and that Sally is a woman now. Mm-hmm. I love, the, uh, Glenn, I love Megan's in, super in, creepy. interrogation of Glenn. Yeah. Like, no, she's not. Who are you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what do you think of Glenn's reputation of making time with the Draper girls now? Yeah, with Betty and creepy. I don't know. If he asks Betty, for a lock of her hair, whole... it's done. I mean. <laughs> he's got the whole harem. He's got Betty, Megan, Sally. Sally. Uh, Don's going to have to make time. Don's going to have to get more women for him to get more territory <laughs> to Mark. He's like, set him up, Don. I'll knock him down. Jeez, that's creepy. <laughs> Uh, Megan yeah. was giving him the look, man. I'm not going to comment on I'm gonna that. I'm going to some food, boy. It's messed up. You like mac and cheese? Uh, Joan tries to drop the records off at Lane's office, but the door's jammed. She goes next door to Pete's office, and guys look over the door, see something horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody knew. Yeah. Instead, You see a chair by the door. The door doesn't open. You kind of know. Yeah. And again, Ken's the only decent guy. Like, mm-hmm. fucking Pete acts like a girl. Harry is like a douche, like he and and Ken yeah. goes to Joan, like puts arm around, but not in an inappropriate way. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and seems like the only one's got the appropriate human reaction to this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Still, little points in the show. Next scene, Betty explains what it means to be a woman to her daughter. Uh, this is where I don't. Is this encouragement? I think this was meant to just explain that. Uh, I mean, she she gives her the line about responsibilities. Yeah, she's like, "This is what it is to be a woman, and and you're gonna have to deal with it." You know, you know your baby factory I, is working. I don't know, man. I you know, like you said, I'm not a woman, so I I really don't understand uh, a lot of what it takes to be a woman. You know, right? I can only understand what it takes to be a guy. Right. So I feel like we are. Uh, uniquely unqualified Plus, to talk about I this. take I take news that like there's a potential baby like a stock market crash like oh god heads light I need to sit down <laughs> yeah I need to think about this I think I'm gonna be okay I thought lightheadedness was relief no no <laughs> uh yeah elaine price that uh <laughs> i mean i love my kid but i was scared to death and it's just yeah. to have a pep talk of be like well every time you see the blood you know your baby machine's working yeah i i don't know man that uh, just everything she said mm. seemed very old timey and i guess it, it was 60s. i guess so but didn't it maybe it's just maybe it's just coming from betty uh i don't know as this is thing, I mean, isn't that what Betty is? The baby, because that's machine. like a stere- that's like that that's like a stereotypical bad. Like, uh, aren't, isn't that you know lots of uncomfortable conversations with mothers and daughters? Sure, yeah. And that's like the you know talking to the birds and bees with your old man. Yeah, the equivalent for a guy. Yeah. All right. Certainly, 
Uh, that's exactly what was happening there. My dad just handed me a porno mag. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and let you drive his car. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know. Maybe our female listeners can write in and give us a little bit more information about that scene. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to compare, like, how this works now mm-hmm. versus because we've got several 60s correspondents who are female. We do, yeah. Yeah, like, like what, how the times have changed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yes, please. Uh, when Don and Roger show up at the office, they find out that Lane hanged himself. Hanged, not hung, people. Mm-hmm. Yep, hanged. Uh, Cooper. Cooper says it correctly. Uh, they cut him down and find his resignation letter. I gotta say, he looks horrific in this. I don't know what they did. They must have brought in Greg Nicotero from Walking Dead to oh, make this make... guy up. So I, I read this interview with Jared Harris, and I guess they did a lot of research looking at authentic uh, autopsy or you know coroner scenes, and mm-hmm. uh, so they did this makeup. That was actually him hanging up there. I, I assumed. Okay, I see, I, I thought that. maybe it was like a body double, or you know, like a, a dummy or something. I, it didn't. It but, looked like him. But so. they. Um, Don and Pete and Roger had never had that. That take was the Ooh, first time they'd seen uh, it. They just like go in uh-huh, and do and that kind of down. The, the, it was authentically awkward them going through the door and their reaction when they first saw it was like the <laughs> legit reaction. That is rough justice on it, the set. Sure, sure was, sure was. Now, wow. everybody and her brother made the connection between. And I thought maybe I'd be the clever one, but uh-huh. no. Everybody made the connection between Don and his baby stepbrother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one um, did you see that one uh, image on Reddit where they did the side by side comparison of Don's reaction on getting the news of no. his stepbrother versus? Oh yeah, hand I mean, on the forehead, identical yeah. pose. Uh-huh. And there was an interesting one last season or last week of the comparisons of Peggy and Don scenes. Hmm. Um, how like how much you know Don always being kind of on a knee and her walking out the door. Um, anyway, I just think that. There's a very lyrical quality about Mad Men, the way they repeat these kind of themes. Definitely, yeah. And, and he drove both of these men to kill themselves. Yes. In his mind, at least. Well... He drove Lane to kill himself. I mean, you can... Ar- yes. I don't think you can argue that. I mean, yeah. is it Don's fault? No. No, but... In both of these cases, his actions directly led to a chain of events ended with a man swinging from a rope. Yes. And whether he should feel responsible for it, I don't – I mean, I'm not going to say, but he mm-hmm. he definitely feels responsible for it. He does. Yeah, certainly. Um, my question for you is, does Joan feel any responsibility for this, having rejected his advances twice now? Joan has a heart, so yes. Yeah. And that's why I think she was so heartbroken that that's the last interaction, even though she was entirely yeah. entirely in the right. Now – She was. I was surprised that Lane was this vindictive. Vindictive. Well, first he tried to kill himself in the car that his wife got him for a gift. <laughs> Good point. Good point. That is vicious. Yeah. Like, do you know what kind scar. of psychological damage that would do to his wife to go down there and find him like that? Yeah. Uh, and something that I didn't think of at the time, but they were talking about this on the Seppenwall podcast, that would be incredibly devastating to the firm. Like, if yeah. a name partner of the ad firm for Jaguar committed Jeez. suicide in the Jaguar, that goes on the papers, that's not going to be the ad company for Jaguar anymore. No. No, you're right. And then him going – so when that didn't happen, his second choice was to go hang himself in the office so everyone yeah. would discover him. That's mm-hmm. pretty vindictive. As suicides go, that's pretty vindictive, right? 
Yeah, I mean, he had to have known it's coming up on Monday morning. That everyone's going to find them, uh-huh. and everybody's going to think, and that bo- boilerplate was going to specifically probably put the screws to Don. The resignation. Because that's the thing. Like that's, You think so? Why write a How resignation so? if you're going to fucking kill yourself? Yeah. The fact that he did it is just as a point, especially since it was boilerplate. That's a way to screw Don without the other partners even knowing. That's like Don's private hell. Yeah, so now Don has this piece of information that he now has to choose. Is he going to tell the other partners or is he going to keep it a secret to to save Lane's, I guess, afterlife pride? I don't know. Uh, his reputation. I would say survey says Don Draper's going to keep a secret. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I don't think he should. I think no. he should come clean now that there's no consequences for Lane himself. Yeah. Uh, and just this, tell the other partners, but don't they don't have to say anything publicly. Yeah, there's a lot of feed follow-up, but that, I'm going to get to that in the feedback. But I think you're right. He won't tell him. And I think it's hinted at in this episode because of uh, what Roger says. Why didn't you tell me about the, the letter that he wrote, the, the Lucky Strike letter? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell me that that was a problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. I don't think Don shares openly with the partners. Hell no. Obviously. Right. So you're probably right. He's going to hide it. And again, Don's face, uh, man, that guy is good at expressing repressed pain. Yeah. And yeah. The, the veins were in full effect, too. <laughs> they were. They were. Veins are popping. Uh, so he goes home, and Glenn's there, and he doesn't recognize him. I like how he just rolls with it. Like, he's yeah. on autopilot, like, man. Like, all right, there's a, there's a kid here, whatever. Yeah. It literally can't matter. Yeah, nothing can matter I've after had. the day I've had. Uh, Don decides to drive him back to school, and in the elevator, Glenn decides that life sucks. Don tries to cheer him up by letting him drive the car home. Uh-huh. Gives him gives him that fleeting moment of happiness that is going to keep him from turning into a horrible, horrible person. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's going to. I think Glenn's already ruined. <laughs> right. He certainly has ruined my uh, <laughs> taste for his acting. <laughs> Uh, I, don't know. I thought it was interesting to see the entire episode be such a bummer, such a downer, and then to end it on this little glimmer of hope, yeah. a little glimmer of happiness. Mm-hmm. And the music is upbeat and happy. For at least somebody. I mean, I yeah. I actually had surprising a few insights on this last scene, and the, the listeners uh, went wild with it. They did, and I'm kind of reserving. That's exactly, because that, yeah. those, those weren't, I didn't have the, the shit in my notes, so I'm going to let them shine. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that's it for the episode. Let's go into the listener feedback. Uh, Shane in Atlanta says, let me ask you something. <laughs> Why do you, you feel like funny that? accepting payment for your fine service? No, I'm done making a walking Rick, dead okay, joke. Okay, Rick Grimes. No, it's Shane. He's the ma- mask you something. Uh, mm, mm. Why do you feel funny accepting payment for your fine services? Benevolence aside, by the way, the commercial started early in this podcast. Thanks to Shane here. Oh. Uh, benevolence aside, it's an entertainment service that you provide to audience. Fact, it costs time and money to do these podcasts. Neither are negligible. Fact, I get three to six hours of enjoyment listening to all your various casts each week. Hmm. That's a lot of entertainment to get for free. And we don't do three to six hours of podcasting a week. Uh, Dan, uh, well, he says I listened to some two to three times. Oh, wow. Super fan. Yeah. In my, in my humble opinion, it's embarrassing to not give back or contribute to your efforts. Any tool that you can use to facilitate that should be considered. All right. I'm going to put myself on the couch, Shane. I'm going to answer this as honestly as I possibly can. Uh The reason I'm shy about taking donations is because I feel like that has an implicit contract between me and you that you've given me money for a service and I have to perform. One of the ways the Aaron ticks is I deal very well when I'm not obligated. 
Mm. Like I'm more dedicated as podcast. And one of the reasons I am is because any week I can say, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to fucking I'm do out. it anymore. I'm out. And I take my shit and go home. Mm-hmm. But weirdly, I'm more dedicated to that than if I was paid a salary to do it. <laughs> then it would then it would be an obligation. Yeah. It so turns it's like, from a hobby to an obligation. I thought a lot when I saw this email because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Why do I feel funny? And I spent a lot of time and I was like, that's what it is. Man. Like I'm yeah. a little, I'm a little Don Draper-ish in that particular way i'm not particularly good looking nor charming but i am weirdly psychological about how i do the work that i do but yeah i mean it's kind of it's liberating that you know i could if i wanted to came home tonight and be like fuck you jim i'm not you could let down thousands of listeners around the world i could that's a it's a rush okay (laughs) that's why i like people too i've learned a lot about myself tonight Jesus. i'll see my doctor tomorrow for some medication yeah, we'll get this straightened out betty's child psychologist i'll hook you up <laughs> uh only if she has a mural with trees and bears <laughs> i can i need that. to feel safe okay put me in my hug box what why do you feel am i the only one uh I, yeah i mean i I just don't really like taking things from people. You know, I don't mind taking things from Amazon. Amazon, no problem. Right. I'll take as much as I can get from Amazon. Right. Because that's not taking anything from our listeners. Right. And I I don't ever quite come to terms with the idea that people might actually want to donate or give me something okay. uh, of their own free will. Uh, and I certainly don't look at this as... Uh, something that I have to do or really a service that I'm providing. I mm-hmm. just look at it as I'm going to talk for an hour about Mad Men every week anyway. Right. So why not do it live on the air? Right. You know? Okay. Let other people join in. That's valid too. Uh, so I just, I just don't really feel comfortable taking money directly from people usually. Right. Plus it's also, it's built in like anytime I see a one star review or someone gives like a shitty feedback email, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, give your money back ass. <laughs> that, there is that yeah right whereas yeah. if he said i paid five dollars on the strength of the word of mouth of this podcast and it's uh, shit i'd be like oh let me write you a check you know? yeah as is we stand with a money-back guarantee it's emotional armor man <laughs> you can't hurt me sure anyway so thanks though that's very kind of you shane i appreciate it you is. saying that uh shep has a couple thoughts he says the the herb joan necklace thing i think it's alluding to a pearl necklace and not the kind that comes on a string oh speaking of inappropriate <laughs> it's like you know chef right. got the bloody pain's got nothing on chef nothing uh did you notice the rsg in the decanters on the decanters in joan's place rye scotch and gin right am i not a professional drinker RSG? is this a thing like if you have decanters at your house and say rsg that's like i had no idea so like if i so I could go into Jane's house, total stranger, and know how to pour my drink because of the monograms on it. I do it by the labels on the fucking bottle. Oh, so that's the thing; these people fucking I don't put them in decanters, they yeah, and flasks, and I, this, all that shit. That blows me away. I feel like a, a freshman at college that doesn't know how to drink. I drink it straight from the bottle. We need to get decanters, Jim. Apparently so. We need to take our Amazon affiliate and, cash and silver ringed glasses. See if Amazon well. has any monogrammed decanters. Okay. Uh, he also says in the last dramatic scene, some at last week's episode, Peggy is standing while Don is seated. He thought again, that is a hammering home of the theme of dominance. Women have had over Don throughout season five. Nice. I yeah. like it. Catherine Neener, which I, I thought Neener, Neener, <laughs> okay. Neener, Neener. 
I'm gonna make fun of the girl's name. Hey, come on. My last name rhymes with jerk off. <laughs> I carried that all yeah. through elementary school and junior high, so I can make fun of anybody's last name <laughs> and at any time. My last name just rhymes. So <laughs> right, like yeah, that's true. That's true. Don't have so, much in the name department. So don't feel too bad, Catherine. I I I feel I feel that feel. People are gonna think my last. Name I know is that like feel. Tim or something. It is Jim Tim. Jim Tim. Uh, isn't that the, no, never mind. That's that, that joke's beneath me. Sure. Go for it. Uh, two things. Lane has quote unquote screwed Joan by talking her into a partnership rather than $50,000. I don't think we saw this take last week. Although it seems like a partnership would be a better proposition. SCDP is in bad financial shape now, especially since it's SCD. Yeah. (laughs) Scud. SCDH. Harris. She's a partner. Not a name partner. Ah, okay. Something that appears that only Lane knows. Joan will now be 5% responsible for whatever financial disaster occurs. Is it work that way? Does she actually have to mo- owe money out of the pocket? I thought that was like a profit-sharing thing. Uh, I did, too. I don't know how that works, honestly. Uh, Don and Peggy have a very special and complex relationship. Uh, that good point, though. I think the way this firm is heading, that might be that would be an interesting theme if she did all that for shit. Like yeah. the far- firm just dissolves. Yep. Don and Peggy have a special and complex relationship. Remember back to season one when he was the one who sat with her after he she had the baby and told her to forget the past and move on. Mm-hmm. Don told Deggy Don told Peggy all his dark secrets that night. He made her work on her birthday. I believe that was a suitcase. Yeah. They understand each other. Certainly, Peggy understands that despite their intimate knowledge of each other, Don will always see her as a subordinate. When Don kisses her hand like a queen, he realizes the keeper of his real self is moving on. Oh, the keeper of the real self. I like that. Yeah, that was a rough scene for Don and a little, Peggy. A little morphionic there. Yeah. Uh, Dave Vaccaro says, think about it. As Aaron pointed out. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, this is his theory that you took. Uh, the, 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 this one yeah, doesn't make LSD. sense. The subject was Jim took LSD on the last <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Think about it. As Aaron pointed out, the flashback scene is a little heavy-handed and probably went on a bit long, so much so that even my blockhead girlfriend realizes that what was going on. Jesus, my litmus test for painfully obvious storylines. I take it your girlfriend's not a fan of the cast, Dave? <laughs> yeah. Yet somehow Jim missed it. And when pressed for how much he had been drinking, there's an awkward pause and a careful response of nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> This is corroborated by Jim's firm belief that the episode closed with Van Halen's cover of Girl, You Really Got Me from 78. <laughs> Sounds like a hell of a trip, man. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. I was not on LSD. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff corresponding via Tandy64. I'm not impressed unless it's a TRS-80. Could Don stop Joan? Of course he could have. First off, Pete and Don squaring off in a room with opposing viewpoints is only going to end one way. That's true. That is very true. true. Second, Don could th- threaten to quit. The agency is building his talent and judgment. Roger and Bert don't carry the weight they used to in more ways than one. Discussing what it would take to whore yourself out. Why was it a man? Why not an ugly woman? Isn't that more of a parallel to Joan's situation? Was this misogynist of you guys? Uh, here's the thing. No, no, no. Before we get into the misogynist thing. Okay. Why is everyone saying that Don is... You're saying this too. Why is Don such a big player at this firm? He's doing nothing. He's doing nothing lately. It's all Pete. And and, and partners well, have it's, called it's, him out on this. It's all Peggy and Ginsburg. It, you, yeah, a lot of it is so Ginsburg, but a lot of it is Pete. That, that my question is... None of it is done. Do you think Bert and Roger think they can hitch their dark throne, their dark chariot, 
and ride Ginsburg <laughs> the way they've ridden Don for years. Uh, disturbing the image. I think that's where you got to understand that Don still has the edge because when the chips are down, they know Don can produce at a high level and not just at a creative level, but on a management and all that kind of thing. But both Roger and Cooper know that Don is not performing like he used to. All right. Well, I think we've both articulated our opinions on that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, am I misogynist? Here's the deal. Let's get, I want to get real with you, Jeff. Oh, shit. The barrier for me sleeping with an ugly woman is way <laughs> the hell lower than it is sleeping even a very, a very pretty man because I'm, I'm not gay. Uh, nothing against it. It's no, just, that, that's, that's not the way I'm wired. So that's I'm, the key thing. And here's yeah. the thing is women are different in that way. Like mm-hmm. women can – women don't normally have to – it's much easier for women to have sex than men. You're digging yourself into a hole. No, here. no. I mean, that's like if anyone wants to disagree with me, that's not. I, I don't think that's. I don't. I think that's a scientific fact that you take a woman at the same attractiveness level of a man. Yeah. I mean, at, at the highest well, levels, it probably balances well, it comes out. Back to what Pete said. Why do they have the power? Because Pete wants it so much. Right. That's so why. I was trying to come up with that that the leap for Joan to have sex with Herb. Is about mm. me having sex with a big sweaty uh, sheik. sheik, and I just put the sure. sheik back because I'm like, you know, I think that that's something <laughs> that a, would have the Arabian would do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could have gone with Bill Gates, except for at least we'd have something to talk about. You know, like we could talk computers and math, and <laughs> sure, you have a relationship. <laughs> he, he might make a good date, is what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. You know, the dinner, show you a good time. Yeah, yeah. Conversation. Yeah, he'd might. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners really like that your chic thing was so scripted last time that you would obviously predetermine. No, that was live. I, I, no, oh, I don't believe that for a second. Neither <laughs> did our listeners. Uh, now they know that you have Bill Gates fantasies as well. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. I'd prefer Steve Jobs, and I'm not even an Apple fan. <laughs> hey, man. Anyway. I'm not going there. I'm not going there on the Steve Jobs thing. Uh, he said... Uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah, it wasn't apples to apples, but I would have sold myself for way short if it was just making it with an ugly woman. <laughs> I mean, I don't... It's, 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 right. Can I get an amen, Jim? You're amen! Like, would you rather sleep with an ugly woman than a, pretty, than a pretty man? I can say that for sure. There you yes. go. There you go. It would not take $50 million to let's sleep with an ugly woman. Uh, let's say that... Let me just We're say... We're going back into this. What's, what if Herb oh, looked like Don... No, I'm serious. What if he right? looked like Don Draper? Uh, I am not gay. That is the distinction. My my predilections. Maybe my that's whatever. why I'm misogynist because I think J- Joan wouldn't have been as hesitant if he wasn't so repellent. Here's a question: Would Joan have been as likely to sleep with a woman? Oh, you know what? That's, that's the a good point. There, you know, that's a good. I don't think was there any. I don't know. Like I said, I've got a price to sleep with a dude. We've established that. Okay. All right. Sure. Fair. Uh, I think I got. I think you got your money's worth there, Jeff. We're moving on. Yeah. We oh, have he to. did want to know. If, uh, he said he read the Grantland recaps. Are there any other Mad Men blogs you'd recommend? The power things. Are we talking about those? No. This power is, rankings. No. They, no. Re- they do recaps as well. Yeah, they do recaps as okay. well. Um, okay. Uh, so I like theirs probably the best. Uh, I like. Uh, I love Adams or Alan Seppenwall. He's on hitfix.com. I'm the other Tom and Lorenzo on him. Oh, really? I think it's uh, Mad. He always yeah. brings the thunder on Mad Men. Uh, Tom and Lorenzo are really good, but they're sometimes a little. I think little screen, hipsterish. Screenrant.com always does good ones. Who's their writer? Opinion. I don't know who their writer is, but their their Mad Men review, reviews are always really good. Because I think on Grantland it's Molly Lambert, 
and she's really good. Like her her freaking Mad Men reviews are stellar. Like yeah. I don't think you're going to find a more literary Mad Men review yeah. on on the internet. So, and then the other thing is, hang out on reddit.com slash r slash Mad Men. You will get the best of every week's yep. you know voted to the top page on Tuesday and when or Monday Tuesday. So there you go. Uh, Cynthia Brooke says, I see they've introduced austerity measures in the production of Mad Men. Step one, get rid of Elizabeth Moss. Step two, get rid of Jared Harris. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I don't think that's too far off the truth because that was one of the negotiating points. They, that the AM, uh, whoever the studio wanted Matt Weiner mm-hmm. to reduce staff by reducing cast. And yeah. it was widely speculated that like Burt would buy it, which still might happen. Like, off season so it's fine he's largely useless um eric tobb says well there's been a devilish theme this season and not for nothing do the brits call lucas the prince of darkness uh so i actually that was enticing enough that i actually looked it up uh joseph lucas the founder of lucas industries was humorously referred to as the prince of darkness in north america because of the electrical problems common and lucas equipped cars <laughs> Especially British Leyland products, the Jaguars. Hmm. So interesting. I thank you for that, Eric. That was uh, in, insightful. Until I watched Mad Men, I had no idea that Jaguars had a reputation as being faulty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I know a woman that has one. Uh, a good friend of mine in Chicago has got one, and it's so so. Yeah. Well, they. they I mean, they, all cars are so good nowadays. But yeah, it's true. got far more problems than any other new car I've 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 been aware of. Well, didn't they say that when they went to film these episodes, the Jaguar didn't actually offer them any support? Uh, I can see why. I, I can certainly see why. Yeah. Right. But I thought I heard that. I might. Yes. Be no. Yeah. The, the, this, that was not a product. Um, most okay. t- things in Mad Men are ties. Like they yeah, get yeah. paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis. Uh, Lisa Louise Langford, Triple L, says, wow. My internet connection died at the same time Lane did. I was apocalyptic trying to process the episode without the bald move uh, thread. Anyway, did you notice that Glenn had to do a report on Nat Turner? The Confessions of Nat Turner by William Styron is published in 1967 and went on to win the Pulitzer Prize. It caused controversy because Styron was accused of racist stereotyping, but it was a huge success. Well, that's... Which- that would be interesting if this show were going to touch on race at all. Yeah. What the hell happened with that, man? I feel like that's got to be coming in the next few seasons. It has to be, yeah. Uh, I did look up about that because that got me curious. And I guess the big to-do was that he depicted Turner, Nat Turner is having fantasizing about sexually assaulting white women. And they thought that that was supporting the myth of the black rapist and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Anyway. I don't know anything about it. Uh uh lisa continued to say i was struck by how lane was repeatedly humiliated in this episode after meticulously preparing for his death by jaguar the car temperamentally wouldn't start then and maybe i imagined this but when joan first attempted to get into lane's office she covered her nose if she smelled something bad it seemed to imply mm-hmm. lane had soiled himself post hanging as does happen oh yeah definitely so You're did right. you now i definitely got that same thing too that she caught a whiff of something foul yeah and i don't know if it was the whole relaxing of the sphincter Oh, definitely. He shit himself everywhere. That's that's a South Park. That doesn't oh, happen all the time. See, you can see it in the scene. It's running down his legs. What? No, I'm kidding. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> God damn, I have to watch this again. Uh, the other thing no, is... No, that, that happens. The other it? thing is, well, how, how long... So He had been there since the at night. At least the a day. Night. Yeah. I mean, maybe two. Well... Depending uh, if he hung himself on su- Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was Saturday or Sunday, but at least eight hours, we can say that. At least. Because it was dark I'm going to call it a, a full day of room temperature. Uh, like if you, you do some wouldn't that, stuff. Yeah, wouldn't that... 
Wouldn't that start smelling? I think so. I'm not positive. Because that's the thing. The human body is loaded with fucking bacteria. Yeah. The only thing keeping it in shape. Exactly. That stuff goes to work. It goes to shit. Yeah. Uh, especially for sphincter reacts. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the captain says, anything else, anyone else think the Sandy's, uh, Sally's panty shot is a tad gratuitous? Her male viewing partner didn't mind, is always curious about what goes on down there. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. That, that's, 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 that's a little oversharing. I, I actually more uncomfortable about that, honestly, captain. Uh, <laughs> Your comments made me uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think we talked about that enough in the episode. We did. Gil Wall says, was it just me or did it seem both literally and figurative levels that the last shot maybe showed that Don was happy to let someone else be the driver for a while? Ah. He had a light weight on his shoulders during the episode, so maybe it was nice to let the kid take the wheel. Yeah. I think that's definitely a thematic thing you can draw from that. Certainly. Nice work. I like it. Megan Kennedy says, I wonder if Joan feels almost as guilty as Don. Didn't Lane want to have a talk before he started with the bikini comments and Joan basically told him to get out? She had every right to do that, of course, but as Don had every right to fire him, but I'm sure they both feel terrible. It's interesting to see how similar these two characters are becoming. I like it. Yeah. Jamie Teekle says, whenever when someone commits suicide, everyone around them feels guilty. Also, it prompts more suicide sometimes. Do you oh, think the death Pete. count, the death toll will become catastrophic? Uh, with one episode to go... Three partners kill themselves. Don's the only <laughs> Don one left standing. Literally is the company. Then he t- begs Peggy to come back, and she takes pity on him. Uh, I don't know because do they need to top this episode in the next one? I don't see how they can. Like I, yeah, I, I actually have no fucking clue where it's going to happen in the next episode. Don landing Dow, I guess, is the logical choice. You would think so, yeah. Or maybe that blowing up or in the space. Or at least getting a call back or something. Yeah, the, I mean that's definitely got to wrap. That'll be wrapped up, or at least uh, something going would, on with. I would hope to see some sort of closure with Lane's family, because I don't. I don't think when we come back in season six, we're we're going to be at this point. I think we're going to be past it, way past it. Okay. Uh, so they need to do something to tell us what happens with Rebecca uh-huh. uh, and his kid. Uh-huh. I don't know. Moving on, Mel- Melena. Milana Mims says, uh, so, okay, uh, really Don would have, there's a lot of people bagging on Don for being a jerk firing Lane. She goes, really Don mm-hmm. would look that shit for finding a money manager who was embezzling? They might have reconsidered, but this is the same group that basically forced Joan to sleep with a client just to get a shitty car client. Don's main weakness may be that he didn't realize that most people aren't as strong and calculating as he is. Truthfully, he is surrounded by other strong manipulative characters, and he didn't realize that Lane was not one of them. I think many of the other people could have picked themselves up, brushed off the shame, and kept moving. It's not like Lane. Now, and I actually commented this. I said I thought that was that that that's kind of an American thing. What's that? That Just the whole like start on? over, like yeah. like it takes a certain amount of that hot spots, like mm-hmm. Peggy, to just be like, nah, be almost in denial about your past. And Don has that in Spades, whereas. Lane could not put that aside. He couldn't. Yeah, you know, there, he, I feel like we don't have as as strong a sense of honor as some other cultures do. Right. Uh, like, our like shame and dishonor is a real like like if there's a continuum. Americans, it's a Americans on the shameless. Japanese are on the shameful, and like yeah. the Brits are somewhere in between there. Yeah. 
Um, she continues. It's not like Lane was put into the situation because of her overspending. Uh, they had the money before he, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not jingoism because that leads to some crazy fucked up shit like the Jersey shore. But (laughs) we as a culture don't have much shame. Sure. Anyway, uh, continuing, they had the money before he liquidated his whole portfolio without telling her, obviously consulting financial advice. The taxes on that liquidation did him in. He killed himself because of shame of being a financial professional, yet getting into quite a bind personally and professionally. As an accountant, I can tell you that when you make those sort of mistakes, you really beat yourself up. On top of that, he would have to go home because of his lost visa. Seems like people are trying to blame everyone but Lane himself. Do people love the character that much? I guess this goes to show how uncreative Lane was. He could have made up a great story and found another job or returned to England with a made-up story. Don get, did give him the choice. Now that I think about it, I don't like the way they painted the accountant in this series. We do have a sense of humor and creativity, damn it. Uh, well, I, he could have spun that to be like, I got out of there because yeah. I saw the writing on the wall. Hell or because yeah. I just could no longer afford to do it. Or this company was so sleazy, they prostituted out their secretary. Yeah, and yeah. Then gave that firm- against them and Hell just go yeah. for it. But you gotta, you know, like I said, that's didn't now, think about it. I, 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 I ended up deputizing Milana as our senior accounting correspondent. <laughs> awesome. So we're, we're we're collecting the whole set. We are. Um, I want to say something about I that does ring true to me because as an IT professional, nothing pisses me off and or makes me more <laughs> uh-huh. feeling helpless with a truly intractable computer problem. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that, especially when you – it's hard for a computer problem to devastate your life. Like when your internet goes down at 2 in the morning and you're trying to post a <laughs> you podcast. you got to go to goddamn Steak and Shake <laughs> and upload the fucking thing. That was ridiculous. The only reason that if, – if listeners had supported this entirely by donations, I'd have been like, fuck it. I'm going to bed. <laughs> I'm obligated to do this shit. I'm That's not right. doing it. Yeah, I've, the listeners are expecting it. They deserve it. The, the hell with that shit. I'm going to bed. Jeez. Uh, D Chandler says, uh, you guys, this thread is always my favorite TV reading of the week. What will I do when the season's over? Little self promotion. Uh, we're taking about four weeks off and we're coming roaring back with season five of Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. I'm so excited for this show. Uh, so that's your, Mad Men's my favorite. Breaking Bad's your favorite. Hey, that's, that's a number one as far as I'm concerned. That's a number two. This is a number one. So this is, we are so jazzed about this. Uh, mm-hmm. if you haven't tried it. I think you should. I think you should uh, check out season one on Netflix. It's only like six episodes long. Uh, and if you haven't seen any of Breaking Bad, use our Amazon link and go back and <laughs> buy them all. <laughs> the Blu-ray for season four just, just came out. Just came out. Yeah, today. There you go Amazon.baldmove.com. Uh, self-promotion phase over. Yes. For now, <laughs> Kimberly Ginsler says Seppin will interview Jared Harris, and he agrees that Lane decided to kill himself when he saw the car. Yeah. Did you read that interview? I didn't. Pretty good stuff. Megan uh, highlighted that uh, she says, ha, I love that both Don and the wiener broke bad news to Lane slash Harris with the help of some stiff brandy. Did they? Because, yeah, when when Weiner called him in the office, he poured him. He said he had, like, a special 50-year cask brandy that he bought out to, like, break the news. And he's like, oh, shit, Lane's dying, isn't he? Um, Jamie Teekle says, almost as important as the death of Lane is the death of Jim's Lane impersonation. Yeah, it's gone. Super short-lived, too. It it was never that good. People just ran with it, man. you're too humble. You should have worked on that a little bit. Worked on your craft. Uh, Workshopped it. Jason from the Nattercast said, I guess after all, we knew it would be Lane that Pete has too far to fall, but we, uh, but the wiener is such a master of faking one away and then dodging another that I'm surprised that Lane's suicide played out as expected. 
It was the obvious example, or that was the obvious example, but Lane's suicide wasn't just a result of the secret he'd been keeping. It was also a result of Don's decent agreement to keep the circumstances of his firing quiet. By agreeing to keep the situation hush-hush, Don put the image-conscious Lane in an impossible position of having to explain his dismissal from a firm where he's a full partner. When Don, who's obviously had a great deal of experience keeping secrets and having those secrets revealed, tells Lane that the worst part uh, is over and that the lightheadedness is a feeling of relief, Lane doesn't hear him. Instead, he keeps swimming, trying to think of how to spin or plead his way out. Don tells him the way out of his predicament and then enables him to make the wrong choice. This, by the way, is a classic gambit Satan plays on people in literature. Show you the virtuous path and then invite you to choose something else. Tragically, this could have all been avoided if Lane had just told the firm that he is going to have a massive tax bill if he liquidates to keep the firm afloat and that he'd... he I think he's announced enunciating this Britishly. Can you help me out here? It's appreciate. Appreciate. I'd appreciate. <laughs> appreciate? I ah, forget it. Oh, I appreciate. With a British accent, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> if the firm negotiated payment on his behalf at the Crown. Something tells me the way that the, uh, that the Coop is going to want some answers out of Don concerning Lane's death, just as yeah, soon as he's will. had a Danish. You think Bert is going to be on the case? He's going to be like, Don, what the hell was yeah. that? And then he commits suicide. Did you kill him? Don is going to be convicted no, I, for murder. I, I, I certainly don't think that's going to happen. But I do think Bert's going to wonder what the hell went on, you know? Bert's like, I mean, I'm, never asking, to I'm never going to ask you to explain your financial dealings again. <laughs> yeah, no People kidding. die. Show up in a river or something. So you think that's going to be – that's that's something that's still on the hook, huh? It's, it's certainly out there. Whether or not they'll address it, I don't know. All right. Uh, Dan G says, I may be one of many writing this, but I noticed a few connections between tonight's episode of Mad Men and Catcher in a Rye. Yeah. I first took notice when Sally called Betty and Henry a bunch of phonies, an insult thrown around by Holden Caulfield. Mm, yeah. The illusions become a bit more deliberate as Sally and Glenn escape to the museum. Caulfield himself fled boarding school for a few days to New York City and found Haven in the museum. Mm. Toward the end of the book, Caulfield comes across a few kids playing hooky and asks them if they're interested in mummies. Uh, his relationship to children is ultimately what pulls him out of the deep malaise and keeps him from possibly committing suicide, which obviously ties into Lane's tragic story arc this week. His story then gets split into two with the rel- relative innocence of Sally facing oncoming adulthood juxtaposed with the final days of a man who lost meaning in his life. Everything he has wanted, as Glenn said, turned to crap. His relationship to SCDP have faltered. His life's work has been for naught. And the status symbols he re- represents are ultimately meaningless. Got news for you, Glenn. Your acting career is going to turn to crap, too. <laughs> Already has, by my judge. Judgment. Uh, I will say that another the riff on um, Dan's thought here is that uh, there's also parallels that Glenn, a child, pulled Don out of his funk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit. I think he'll have to still deal with it, though. Uh, Michael J. leaps in and says, I just want to say that I swear to God I had the exact same discussion with coworkers the other day about everyone has a price. I literally laughed out loud when the podcast <laughs> went that direction because I completely agree that everyone has one whether or not they admit it. In order to find your price, you can't start at zero because you know – this is this is brilliant logic. All right. In order to find your price, you can't start at zero because you know that the longer you hold out, the more money your price is. So the trick is to finding your price is to pick a money amount that you know is an automatic yes, say mm-hmm. $50 million, and work your way down. <laughs> Once you've hit your first irk of maybe or no, then you just go back up a notch and there lies your price. There's not much I wouldn't do for my price. Yeah. Amen, Michael J. All no right. fox. Tina says, the other theme... Uh, she's talking about the theme of uh, commissions and fees. For brevity's sake, I'm going to just dive into fees. Okay. 
Uh, Megan is expected to play Betty Jr. and stepmother because she married Don, a man of children, but she's a modern career woman. SCDP and Don lost Peggy because they ignored her talent because she was a woman. Her gender being a detriment, as was Sal's sexuality, causing the creative to suffer mm-hmm. because they wouldn't pay monetarily or ethically, etc. Sally gets her period, which is the cost of being a woman, and her mother explains to her is the path of womanhood. Something that I see as a fee for being woman, a woman during Betty's era. Also, Lane's slight comment about Joan playing in the playing in the sand was a fee, a derogatory remark alluding to her transaction last week. I'm going to go one further. Sally Draper is going to be pregnant before this series is over. Oh, with Glenn's kid? No, no I don't want to go that far. I think if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Glenn. I'm just saying there's way too much talk about her womanhood yeah. and the baby maker. That that that's I mean maybe that's obvious. I've talked about her being you know on drugs and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I think she's going to go the path of Jenny from Forrest Gump. <laughs> Fair enough. Hopefully not get AIDS. Maybe yeah. just herpes. Uh. To get lucky in her house. <laughs> All right. Michael Max says Lane's wife telling him that she wrote a check for the Jag made me instantly think of Walter White laying in that crawl space. Yeah. For a second, I thought Lane was going to burst out in maniacal laughter. <laughs> Not very often can you use the word maniacal laughter in a sentence and have it be apt. Yeah. Walt's laughter was maniacal. 100% accurate. Uh, Glenn Holden's visit. Glenn slash. Also, he's going to riff on the uh, Catcher in the Rye uh, okay. uh, thought. Glenn slash Holden's visit. Think of the similarities. He leaves campus early to take a train into Grand Central. He meets a girl named Sally. Get the fuck out. Is that true in the book? I don't remember. It's been too long. They go to a museum. He talks about hating school. He describes her classmates as his little sister, and he finally laments everything turns to crap, and Sally runs away from him. Wow. I think Glenn reflected the answer to the other adult problems seen in the episode, honesty. How much pain and heartache could have been avoided had the adult character simply been honest? Instead, the adults are phonies, color action with distortions they hope will maintain status or ego. And what does that say about Don, who is a phony this whole series? Yes. Where is that leading him? He's the chief phony. Uh, Finally, we realize that Glenn and Sally will soon lead the innocence of childhood. Like Holden, they realize that things won't stay locked in innocence, like the museum dioramas. They must grow and enter the world of complicated adulthood. I bet Wiener loves Salinger. And Harry, right. Harry when after he, he met Sally, wait, Harry met Sally. What? I don't know. I, thought I was trying to make a joke work. Didn't work. Work with me. Tom in West Virginia says, as a regular listener, I'd like to petition for correspondent status, namely official Appalachian correspondent. <laughs> okay. I'm cool with that, Tom, but I think Ted K might fight you for a death over on the uh, I was going to say justified. We need, we need another one of those over there. We That'd have dueling good. Appalachian correspondents like banjos. Yeah. You can be like the ding, 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 and he can be the ding, 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 ding. As such, wow. consider this my first contribution when offering Lane the unelected head of the Fiscal Control Committee with the American Association of Advertising Agencies. The four A's guy touts the conference at the Green Beer. What is the Green Beer, you may ask yourself? The Green Beer is an exclusive luxury resort in West Sulphur Springs, West by God, Virginia. Notable for delivering, recently revealing that it was previously the site of a secret congressional Cold War bunker dug deep into the side of a mountain. Whoa. Those mountains are full of coal, man. You don't want a bunker there. Whole thing go up like a tinder, tinder match. Not if it's made of metal. <laughs> it is now it a, blew your mind. It is now a AAA five diamond ad, four star, and, and Forbes four star restaurant and home of the annual PGA event. Thank you. Nice. Uh, Gaia says, per your confusion last week, after Kennedy was assassinated, Betty was watching as Lee Harvey Oswald was shot and killed. This was there the second assassination go. remembered. Thank you. 
I would hate to have to go back and watch that goddamn episode to prove that to myself. There you go. Thank you, guys. Anne says, I have a quick observation about the most memorable scene in the episode when they found Lane dead. I found it interesting that Pete was the one who cut Lane's rope and brought him to the floor, whereas in earlier in the season, Pete was the one taken to the floor by Lane oh. during the fist fight. Yeah, he was. Very nice cyclical moment. Uh, I got three left, I think. Short ones. John P. says, how about both Dan and Sally as the king of zing, zinging people in the first minute of the show? Uh, Sally is fresh, yeah. and I think I know where she got it from. Speaking of that, check out the expression on her face in the museum after Glenn says he told his friends he was coming into the city to have sex with her. That was a total Don Draper look. I don't know <laughs> if they tried to do it, but it's spot on. I'll yeah. bet they tried. I forget. There's two other people. I had to cut their email for brevity. Um, I had like 20 pages of feedback. Yeah, and I can only still running long. <laughs> I can only read six. I have six I and a half, and, and it's running long. So I apologize. I wish I could got to more of it, but we have a podcast to run. Thorley W says when Don was talking to Lane about giving advice about starting over, I was waiting for him to say. First, you find someone more successful than you who just died and you assume their identity. Then you find a rich guy, take him out for drinks, and show up at his business the next day, tell him you offered a job. Yeah. Then you steal a bunch of clients from your old company and get your former boss to fire you and help bankroll your new company. Maybe if you gotten the rest of the starting over, the Dick Whitman, I mean Don Draper way, Lane might have not thought things were quite so helpless. Scathing <laughs> review of Don's life. If there's any conciliation... I am a sh- I'm sure there's another lane alive and well in the alt universe taking a Zeppelin to work every morning. That's a fringe reference, which is lost is it, on me. I, but yeah, I don't understand. There's a couple listeners out there going, squee! Uh, Marcelina from Poland says, What's sad to me is the fact that apparently it's not just Pete who considered Lane unimportant, but Lane himself seems a little have to have little self-esteem as well. How small and insignificant do you have to feel if, as a partner of such a company, you cannot stand up and tell to others that you have invested a lot of your own money to keep the company afloat after Lucky Strike? I need some of your assets back temporarily without feeling ashamed. I don't know if you know us men, Marcelina, but we traffic in shame and pride <laughs> yep. and refusing to ask for directions at a gas station. So Those it might seem oh so reasonable to the Dos Equis crowd, but that's a tough <laughs> pill for us us folk to swallow, especially back in the 60s, man, where men were men. Yeah. There's no psychotherapy or drugs taken. Yeah, and Lane's a product of what, the 20s? How old is that guy? <laughs> Plus, this is the guy, this is a guy who's British. Got, this is a guy who got fucking beat by his old man with a cane oh, for yeah. trying to pursue his dreams. Yeah. I mean, Lane's a whip dog. Yeah. Uh, question is, how is this going to impact SCDP? I think that Don realized one thing. Well, they lose a letter for one. <laughs> it's just scud. Yeah. Uh, I think that Don realized one thing. He was so angry, so frustrated, he wanted to represent the big players. He was even ready to fire Ken just to get the Dow. Uh, to get that 100% that he did not see it all could mean in the end to fall in the same vicious circle that Lane fell into. In a cruel way, this might be Don's enlightenment. There is something telling him, I don't want to end up like this. I cannot end up like this. But I think the episode is saying that he has to, right? That everyone does. Yeah, well, Eventually, I mean, that's his... the happiness is fleeting. Yeah, but that's an ad pitch, man. That's not really true. No, but it, it happens over and over again in this episode with it's, Roger, with okay. Glenn, with yeah, Don, right. with everybody. You're right. I think it's the theme they're hammering home. Well, and Marcel- regardless of what happiness he attains now, he's going to lose it eventually. Marcelina from Poland disagrees. She says... Ozymandias? Anybody? <sighs> Uh, in my opinion, this might be the beginning of a different Don. A Don we don't know yet, but one has a chance to become the best incarnation of Don so far. 
Uh, I don't know. Is this a story of of Dick Whitman's redemption and success and triumph uh, and healing from a lifetime of abuse, That's or is a this good question. is this the story of his eventual fall? Now, I think if I read Matt Weiner's Matt Weiner, God, I if I if I read the the, the Weiner's politics correctly, <laughs> I think this is also a story of the decline of the American Empire, which bodes ah. which bodes poorly for Don. So. Anyway, uh, she's also curious to see how long it'll take Pete to call a meeting to discuss the change of SCDP and the Sterling Cooper Draper Campbell. Personally, I'm betting the day after Lane's funeral. Uh, I'll take those yeah. odds, and I'll also put another wager on the board. How long till he asks for Lane's huge office? Yeah, no kidding. He's going to step up to that immediately. Yeah, just open a box of Arm and Hammer. It's it's, it's cool. It's all good. <laughs> Gross. Uh, very quick outro. Do you want to keep up with what we're doing? Baldmove.com, baby. If you want to send us email, madmen at baldmove.com. Follow me on facebook.com slash baldmove. We've got the best. Hey, hey, hey. Follow me on Twitter. I'm getting there. But honestly, not as good. (laughs) Get out of here. We've got the best madmen thread on Facebook. It is. And I, I don't know what the competition is, but there's no fucking way it gets like 90 responses in a few days and has the cool. thunder that our listeners bring. I, cool. I can't read even a tenth of that. I mean, I yeah. have to cherry pick the brightest, shiniest diamonds to put in the podcast. It's fantastic. It's funny. It's great. Um, you can also follow Jim if you want to live tweet on him and all that kind of stuff. At, Apparently, if you want a shitty conversation. If you want a, you want a shitty sideshow, a second ring to the main event. characters. What can I do? <laughs> it's this limitation of the medium, but it's also it a strength, I think. Uh, at Bald Move on Twitter. Yep. Uh, what am I missing? A uh, few ways you can support us. Number one, tell a friend. Uh, number two, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate that. We're the number one Mad Men podcast on iTunes, and it's all due to you listeners giving us those stars. So thank you for that. And we've already talked about it a few times, but Amazon.BaldMove.com, or if you can't remember that, go to BaldMove.com. There's a big orange banner at the top. It takes you to our Amazon affiliate site. It looks just like Amazon. It works just like Amazon. Same great prices, same great shipping, except for you give us little tiny bits of love with every transaction. Did you repeat yourself? What do you mean? Did you say it looks just like Amazon? It acts just like Amazon. Twice? No. Okay, I'm going insane then. You're on peyote. Uh, so, yeah, it works like you, you fucking screwed up my scales pitch, you dick. <laughs> I'm going to throw you in front of a cab. Gotcha. Uh, but, yeah, we get money, and it costs you nothing, and it's a good thing. And there's been several listeners that have been doing some like big ticket stuff, like Adobe software. There's yeah. like a boat GPS <laughs> or something amazing. crazy. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah, I mean, again... If you're going that 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 that's huge, so we appreciate it. Uh, the other thing is we've got the flatter link. I think we are going to we're going to let's make that our goal this week that we get uh, uh, PayPal up to for the crazy right. people like Shane in Atlanta fleeing zombies. You just told the people that if they donate money, you're going to quit podcasting. <laughs> hey, people have self destructive so. tendencies. I'm just giving. I'm like right. Satan. Right. I'm I'm giving them the virtuous path of Amazon, <laughs> but then I'm offering God. them the path of ruin, which is <laughs> PayPal and Flatter. I love it. But go to our site. We already got the Flatter link. PayPal will be up before the Plus, next podcast. We just ran out of Canadian Club this time around. You're so right. Our bottle is empty. That is a sad state of affairs. Definitely. Uh, that's all I got. I think I cut everything. All right. Well, we're running long, so no more witty banter at the end of this. We're thing. Buckle in for next week. The finale episodes are always the single fucking can't longest. Can't wait, cast. man. Can't wait. And I, I can't wait either. What's the title?
The Phantom. The Phantom. Wow. My favorite movie. The, is that the motorcycle? Oh, I don't know. You know what? The fan. So is the ghost of Lane going to hunt? hunt oh uh, shit! Haunt the firm. Back. Ooh. Yeah. Grimy little pimp. Yeah. Sure. He's going to punch. He's going to punch Pete with his ghostly <laughs> fist and leave a skull mark right on his All cheek. All right. That's it for this week. Join us next week for the Phantom. We will see you then. Good night. Thank you.